How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Great Brazilian team. Scout, it's there! They're ahead! It's one of the biggest sporting events in the world. And today, we're giving you an inside look at the teams and playoff pictures to date. As we present Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Listen as Jason Longshore gives you all the latest in the world of soccer. As we break down the matchups and get you insights you can only find here. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Jason Longshore. Let's kick it. Atlanta Soccer Tonight live on 92.9, The Game and the Odyssey app. Thanks for hanging out with us on a Monday night after Hawks basketball. I'm Jason Longshore alongside Jessica Jarman. And Jess, the semifinals are upon us. Four teams left in this World Cup. Two surprises, two favorites. This is going to be fascinating over the next couple days. It is indeed. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't have a couple of these making it all the way to the semifinals, but I think that's why we love the World Cup so much, right? Because there are those surprises. There are those shock turns. There are those teams that just blow us out the water. And like we said a couple of days ago, I think these teams deserve to be there based on their stories, even if we weren't necessarily expecting the way these stories would develop. There's always storylines at the World Cup. And after the break, we're going to get into Argentina and Croatia and everything that will be happening on Tuesday. But a couple bits of news from teams who are no longer with us at this World Cup. England is one of those. I'm, I'm sorry to keep rubbing that in. Sorry. It's true. Uh, but Gareth Southgate came out today because he's one of the managers that's a little bit in limbo as to whether he will continue. And he said he's conflicted about if he wants to continue. Remember, he was booed off the pitch um, at Molyneux after a, a bad loss in Nations League over the summer. The last 18 months have had some good for him. He was pretty happy in general with the way this tournament went. You, you get knocked out by one of the, the top favorites, the defending champs play really well would you be happy or sad if Gareth Southgate continues or are you conflicted I'm conflicted because he's conflicted you want to have a manager that wants to be there but I completely get it listen England fans are fickle there's a lot of us in common with US fans I'm not gonna lie we're very happy when things are going well and when things aren't going so well we're quite quick to uh, point some fingers and we've seen some finger pointing today that we'll get into I'm sure but for me I keep saying this cliche, right? The grass isn't always greener. And I don't know who you have lined up. I looked on Twitter. The first name that comes out is Stevie G. And Ooh. let's be honest, Jared is a legend. We love some Steven Gerrard, right? As a player, yes. As a manager, I'm not so sure. And it's one of those where you can't just have a legacy as a player and suddenly come into being a great coach. We wouldn't ask for David Beckham to come and coach us just because he's done some stuff on Disney plus with the youth kids. So I think it's about time that we start to realize that when you have a manager that's taken you to a quarterfinal, a semifinal, and then the final of the euros, they're doing something right with these players. So if he wants to be there, 
I want him there. But if he doesn't want to be there, then maybe we do need to start looking around because if he can't handle the pressure, then maybe that is something we need to think about. Spain has a new manager in place. Brazil will have a new manager in place. Uh, Pep Guardiola's name has come up. Carlo Ancelotti's name has come up. Jose Mourinho's name has come up. I mean, it's getting crazy out there. Uh, the U.S. does not know what they're going to do either. Maybe U.S. Soccer Federation is conflicted. And the news that has been bubbling up, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm a little reluctant to say news because it, it feels like this has seriously been a day in a high school where notes are getting passed. And did you hear what was what they said about this one? Did you hear what they said back? <laughs> did you get that note? I mean, it's ridiculous that this is where we are with U.S. soccer. And the media is doing it just as bad as anybody else because Greg Verhalter spoke to a leadership conference with the understanding that nothing that he said was for public consumption. This wasn't like he told some guy, hey, this is off the record. It was contingent on him doing the that event. And then they published it. But he did not name names. Then it came out from MLSsoccer.com's Tom Bogert and the crew at The Athletic that the player that was being referred to was Gio Reyna, which wasn't really a surprise. Um and now Gio Reyna's agent has come out and Gio Reyna has made a statement and it's just a total mess. Nothing changes for me. And we'll come back to this in our last segment tonight. Nothing changes for me in the decision to start Tim Weah instead of Gio Reyna. I think they got that right and it played out in the tournament. I don't think this helps Greg Berhalter. I don't think this changes my decision process. If I'm U.S. soccer, I think it's different than England. They should be looking to see if they can get better, but they need to make sure that they can get better. We'll come back to this before we're done tonight. But up next in four minutes, we're going to talk Argentina and Croatia. Can Lionel Messi get back to the World Cup final or can Luka Modric get back to the World Cup final? Hang out with us. Atlanta soccer tonight. We'll be back on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
Back to more of Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back. Atlanta Soccer Tonight live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Getting ready for the World Cup semifinals over the next two days. And up first, Jess, Argentina and Croatia. A tasty matchup. I was going to use that exact same word. You took it right out of my mouth. I guess we've been doing this too long now that we're uh, finishing each other's sentences. But yes, definitely a delicious fixture coming up. And I know it's one that you are going to be very heavily invested in tomorrow. Are you ready, Jason Longshore? No, no, because to watch Argentina and to be emotionally invested in this Argentine team is to suffer. Uh, Not that they don't play hard and and play well at times and play really really well at times it's just the way that this team goes and, and it's you know nothing new i mean even when they were on their 36 game unbeaten streak they weren't blowing teams out on a regular basis this is a very workmanlike kind of team um with one exception that number 10 that Lionel messi he's he's pretty good it's kind of like the 1986 team in a lot of ways in that that team was seen as Diego Maradona plus 10. This one, it's not quite to that degree. I don't think I I think, and and look, that was overplayed with that team too, with some of the accomplishments of the players that were lined up alongside Maradona, but that was Maradona's world cup. This is not purely Messi's world cup and he's not expected to carry this team like Maradona. But when you hear the Argentine players, Justin, you, you you hear Lionel Scaloni, the manager, they know that as long as everybody does their jobs, they have a secret weapon that no team in this tournament has really had an answer for. And that's number 10, Lionel Messi. And how can you have an answer for him? We've seen the goals. We've seen the passes. We've seen the vision. We've seen the character. I love fiery Messi, by the way. Seeing him against the Netherlands just made me love him even more. Just I cannot get that quote out of my head. What are you looking at, dummy? It's brilliant. It's the perfect quote. And I think hey, he's, mira, Bobo. <laughs> he's playing like he's got fire in his belly now with a point to prove even more than maybe he did. I think that you talk about this Argentinian squad and the respect that they have for him is huge and the love that they have for him is endless and i think when you have players who are all bought in for the success not only for their country but also for messi as a send-off i think there's another level of fight and desire that they're going to find and maybe it's that motivation that gets them out of these difficult games and scenarios that we've seen them in you know they made quite hard work of the last game. Let's be honest here. It wasn't easy, but they found that second win. They found that battle. They found that focus during a penalty shootout to step up big. And I think some of that does go down to the fact that they are well aware of how significant this task is if they're able to give Messi that World Cup and if they're able to give Maradona in spirit that World Cup in their first World Cup without him here. Yeah, and that's another factor, I think, with this team. I think with with Argentina and and maybe more so them than any other team in the world, any other team left in this tournament at this stage, you get into like the, the mysticism uh, around it. You, you get into the, the spirit world when you're talking about Argentina and you're talking about a, a sometimes he seems like a spirit on the field in Lionel Messi and then you know, last time these teams played in the 2018 World Cup, Diego Maradona was in the stands mm-hmm. and he's not anymore. And that's a big motivating factor for this team and these players. And I think it's a big motivating factor for Lionel Messi because his performance on the ball and with everything else that he did in the Netherlands game, it was very Maradona like. He played mm-hmm. with that chip on his shoulder. He played like that kid from the streets. He played like he had the knife between his teeth. He he was a leader with that team, and they followed him. When he starts, when he scores, and he's mocking the opposing manager for 
slights against Argentine legends from 20 years ago. Everybody's following him. I mean, Nicholas Taliafico, I think, summed up this match against Croatia. We're going to get into Croatia plenty as well. But he said, you know, we, we know we're in a World Cup semifinal. We know our opponent has great players, he said. But we're a team that knows how to suffer. We have to focus on winning the game and trying to suffer less. You can't suffer a whole lot less or a whole lot more than you did against the Netherlands in that last one. Croatia had to suffer as well. They know how to suffer. I don't know how this goes if it gets into extra time and penalties after what both teams had to go through to get here. Two teams that don't know how to die. To put it bluntly, yeah. they don't understand how to give up. They don't understand how to not keep going and going when things are difficult. You look at the two games and they were both exhausting mentally and physically. Emotionally, I'd like to throw in there as well, particularly for mm. Argentina. It's going to be a battle out there on that pitch. I have no doubt about it. It's two teams that understand how to win games, even if it's in a difficult scenario. And it's two teams that have been able to dig deep very very deep and face that pain and face that adversity and suffering like you're saying jason and i think what makes this one interesting is previous matchups particularly in the last round we saw a lot of mismatches in the way that the teams had got to the game right we saw mm -hmm. one team that had had a blowout versus one team that had had a battle there was a lot of that mismatch in this one both teams have had a little bit more of a struggle which is what i think makes this a really interesting matchup between two teams that are probably rather fatigued by this point in the tournament. It's wild that you've got two teams each with a legendary figure leading them. You know, Lionel Messi, 35 years old, and Luka Modric, 37 years old, but neither one play like their age. And the, the crazy thing to kind of tie these two together is... Luka Modric's debut for Croatia was in 2006 against Argentina. And that was also Lionel Messi's first goal for the senior national team in that match against Croatia. Sometimes Crazy. you gotta love history. Sometimes you just gotta love those stats and that history yep. and that connection between the two of them. And one of them is gonna break the other's hearts in terms of not making a final in their last World Cup. Yeah, and these are two guys who have played against each other so many times over the years, whether it's Argentina, Croatia, whether it was Barcelona, Real Madrid. They know each other inside and out, and they're going to be in the same areas of the field. Um, one of the big stories on the field in this match is how Argentina sets up because I, we know how Croatia is going to set up. They've been pretty consistent. We know that midfield is just a, a machine in the middle of the field, and Modric is at the heart of it. We'll, we'll dig deeper into that. We know they're going to want to get the ball wide and put in crosses. We know what Croatia is going to do, a great center-back pair with the young Vardiol, who's, who's turning everybody's head in this tournament, maybe because he's got the mask on, maybe because he's just been one of the best center-backs in the tournament. Argentina's been a little more adaptable based on the opponent. They played three center backs against the Netherlands and kind of matched their shape. We, we've seen them in more of a 4-3-3. We've seen them in more of a 4-4-2. We've seen that 4-4-2 look a little bit more like a box midfield. I'm not sure exactly what direction they go. You know, it's going to be a three-man central midfield for Croatia. I don't think Argentina can match them three for three at the same level. I love Enzo Fernandez, great player. Alexis McAllister has had a good tournament. Rodrigo DePaul, we know he's not 100%. I don't know if he could go 90 in this one, especially not 120. He wasn't able to get 90 in against the Netherlands. Do you, as you start to think about this, Jess, do you think Argentina is more comfortable if they do go 4-4-2 and kind of box or diamond that midfield. I think it could help them because like you say, Jason, quality to quality, player to player, I don't think you're able to match them three for three because Croatia, we've talked about, their midfield is one, one if not the best in this tournament, right? In terms of their understanding of the game, in terms of their soccer IQ, in terms of their link up, their chemistry, there is no matching that. And I think if maybe you do that four and box them in, 
you're able to have some numerical overloads and able to really keep your shape and structure in the game, which is something that you maybe need in this one if it's going to be a close game like we expect it to be. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they are able to handle Modric because, again, he's like the Messi of Croatia in terms of the guy that can create something out of anything. He's the guy that you really have to keep silent on this Croatia team, but it's very difficult to do so. So I'm interested to see what their game plan is in terms of handling Modric and handling his distribution because when Modric is kept under control, a lot of the time this Croatia team doesn't look quite as effective. Yeah, then they get more one-dimensional, and then they they really just put in crosses and, and just try to get wide. I think the other element for Argentina, too, I mean, you're trying to figure out how to deal with that midfield and, and find advantages there because I feel like Argentina's better centrally than they are wide. And that's just how this team plays. Messi, when he's dangerous, he's coming in from the outside they're they're strongest centrally we've seen teams try to take that away from argentina i don't think you're able to ever completely do that because messi can pop up in those spots and and punish you but argentina when you look at them defensively tomorrow they're missing gonzalo montiel they're missing marcos acuna both suspended on yellow card accumulation they've rotated their fullbacks all tournament long it's felt like every other game it's been either Acuna on the left or Nicolas Taliafico so no surprise there it's been either Montiel on the right or Nahuel Molina on the right no surprise there Molina did play the last one it's kind of been swap each game almost with these two so you've got guys who have played consistently but do you maybe try to go for 4-2 diamond or even and, and We've seen them do this before, and I, I think this is probably what we'll see tomorrow. A 4-3-3 on paper and a 4-3-3 at times. But Messi can always come inside and be the number 10 in the diamond mm -hmm. to overload that area of the field. And, you know, do you have Angel Di Maria, who I think has had a really good tournament, but he's not fully healthy, so he's not able to, to give you 90 minutes at a time. But do you have him start and come off the other wing? Or do you get even more interesting here and potentially bring Lautaro Martinez back into the starting lineup, either in place of Julian Alvarez, who can play wide if needed, or pairing them up in, in a real 4-4-2 with Messi behind them? Lionel Scaloni's got a lot of different options that, honestly, Croatia doesn't have that versatility in their team. No, and I think we've talked about that with other teams in this tournament, not having a plan B. And that's something that Argentina is not going to struggle with. They have the options, they have the adjustments that they can make, and they've got a manager that needs to be smart with his substitutions and changes in this game if it chooses to. You know, I think we gave a lot of criticism to Portugal for not using that uh, halftime sub window and subbing in in the 51st minute. So I hope we have some coaches that are a little smarter with their substitutions and adjustments should they need to make them during this game. Yeah, Scaloni's been fascinating because this is a young manager in terms of age and also in terms of experience. He, he hadn't been a senior manager until he took over Argentina when, honestly, nobody else wanted it. <laughs> and nobody really knew how it would go. There was no hope that Lionel Scaloni would have Argentina where they are right now. There was no hope that he would have a Copa America trophy in the trophy case in Buenos Aires. It was kind of a, a joke that this was Scaloni's team, and it turned into a rallying cry, and he won everybody over. The players have talked about it. They didn't really know, you know what to believe with him, what to, you know, how much to trust him, how much to, to expect from him, but now everybody is pushing in the same direction, and it's the same for Croatia. This is a really interesting semifinal. We're going to get into the Croatian side of things in five minutes and talk about how they build up their play, what to watch for, who are the key figures. Your primer on Croatia coming up on Atlanta Soccer tonight on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. the world of soccer live with Jason Longshore. And it's the man from the back. This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight. On Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Welcome back, Atlanta Soccer Tonight, live on 92.9, the game and the Odyssey app. Getting you ready for Argentina and Croatia World Cup semifinal on Tuesday. I will be watching slash suffering slash probably screaming like a lunatic at Elsewhere Brewing in Grant Park tomorrow. Hanging out with our friends, the Flood Project. Uh, really great spot if you're interested in looking for a place to watch this and hearing me scream like an idiot. That's probably going to be the spot. I'm a little worried about this one, though, Jess, because I I like my underdogs typically, and Croatia is an underdog in this game. They're kind of the classic underdog. I mean, this is a a country that hasn't even been eligible for World Cups for all that long, but they have an opportunity to be only the fourth European nation to reach consecutive World Cup finals if they can get this done tomorrow, and they have the ability to do it. I really think they do, Jason, and that's not to make you feel bad right now, but I think it's going to be an emotional roller coaster for you because whatever happens, this is going to be a tight game. I, I would say that. I think it's going to be a close, entertaining affair between two sides that know what they're doing in big moments, and I think that's the best way to describe Croatia, right? They're seasoned professionals. They know how to do it. They are extra time celebrities. They understand what to do with 120 minutes of soccer. Let's be honest here. And I think what's very special about this team is it is an older team, but they have the right balance between age and still a little bit of youth. And those older players, as you mentioned with Modric, don't play like the age on their birth certificate. Yeah, they've mixed in some young guys with this group. You know, it, it's it's the team for the most part that got to the the final in 2018, but not entirely. They have refreshed it. They are one of the older teams in the tournament. No way around that. It's just it's reality. But they have introduced some younger key players, and, and I don't think there is anybody more key at a young age in this team than Josko Vardial, the center back. Who you look at him and He's 6'1", which is, for some teams, maybe a little undersized at center back. I mean, he would have had problems with Wout Weghorst and uh, the, mm-hmm. the Bobos that the Netherlands brought in late in that game to, against Argentina. But he's also, he's 6'1", but he's he's thick. He, he's got that kind of like street fighter look about him. And that's not just because he's wearing a mask right now. But he has that look physically, but he's so good on the ball. And this is a team in Croatia that they're not just going to 
play long. They're, they're not like Morocco in that they sit so deep and, and just try to counter quickly and vertically. When they get the ball and starts with Vardial, really, they're going to try to build up out of the back and connect the dots to go from the defensive third to the middle third to the final third in possession. And they're very smart with possession. You're talking about that possession in terms of transitioning up the field, but we saw it against Brazil, how smart they are with using possession as a rest of slowing down the speed of the play. They're very high soccer IQ players in understanding the use of the ball and when is the right time to transition and when is the right time to just build up, to give yourself some rest, to recycle the play. And that only works when you have ball-playing centre-backs, which are comfortable with the ball at their feet. And I think that that's why Croatia is able to look so stable in their games because they understand in those moments when's the right time to be using possession to positively move up the pitch versus using possession deliberately to adjust the speed of the play to favour them. The spine of the team is so good on the ball. You know, I mentioned Vardial. His center back partner, Dejan Lovren, has been excellent in this tournament, possibly in the, the tournament best 11. And in that midfield, and, you know, it's Luka Modric, it's Mateo Kovacic, it's Marcelo Brozovic. It looks like they're all, like, telepathically connected in games because they know where the other ones are going to be. They know how to recycle possession. They know when to put their foot on the gas and go. And they know when to hit the break, slow it down, catch their breath, knock the ball around, make the opponent chase. But it's all all of that. That's five guys right there. And it's five guys who are comfortable on the ball under pressure. But it's all about getting the ball from there in the spine, in the back and in the midfield, getting the ball wide and especially getting the ball to the right side, the right back. Joseph Joranovic, he's at Celtic right now. I don't think he's going to be at Celtic for very long because he's had a good tournament. The right back getting forward and crossing to the left winger, Ivan Perisic. Perisic is probably their, their best attacking threat. And if you're looking for the weakness in Croatia, it's not the defense, it's not the midfield. It's the fact that they don't really score many goals. Perisic is their best attacking threat. and He's a left winger who comes in for crosses from the right side. That's how they generally hurt people. And that's going to be a concern for Croatia, knowing that Argentina has the firepower to score goals. You look at them going 2-0 up in their last game. They know how to finish goals. I don't know if Croatia, if they drop 2-0 down, will feel as good about getting back into this one. It's Croatia that needs to get off the mark early. One advantage that the Croatians have is Livakovic in goal. I mean, there's not many goalkeepers that have had better tournaments than him. I'm talking about Golden Glove coming his way right now because the caliber of the saves he's made, not just in the penalty shootout, that'll be the focus because let's be honest, it's impressive stats how well he's done uh, in the two penalty shootouts. But in the run of play, the point blank reactions, the dominance of his six yard box, the coming out big, coming out strong, being confident in his decision making and following through when he makes a decision. I don't think there's another goalkeeper in this tournament that has done it as consistently as he has. Here's one thing that Croatia can bank on is they did a great job in 2018. And now this was a dysfunctional Argentina team in 2018, led by Jorge Sampaoli. But they did a great job against Messi in 2018. He only had one shot in that group stage match, which Croatia dominated and won big. It was the game in that tournament that Messi had the fewest touches, attempted the fewest passes out of all the World Cup games that Messi has played at least 70 minutes in in his career. That game against Croatia, fewest touches, joint fewest shots. One thing that they can do with that is we know what, how Messi, and, and this is assuming that it's not a true 4-4-2 diamond and Messi's in the middle. I think he's going to come in from the right. That's typically what has worked in this tournament. Even if it's a 4-4-2 diamond, he'll drift. We know how Messi will, will go, and he walks so much in the game. He's mapping the field out in a way, and he knows where he wants to be when the team is building up, he knows where he wants to receive it. He's become incredibly efficient. 
But what Croatia can do, things actually kind of match up in this way. Because like I said, the right back, Dronovic wants to get forward and put in the crosses. The right winger, Kramaric, he can drop a little bit in. The forward can drop a little bit in to help deal with Messi kind of drifting into those spots and picking things up. Kramaric has dropped deeper on the right than a usual striker would in this tournament anyway. In the game against Brazil, for example, this is this is your striker, Kramaric. He had 33 touches. None of them were in the 18-yard box. Hmm. I mean, that should tell you enough about how Croatia attacks. Yeah, not really the stat that makes you feel too brilliant about your uh, forward not wanting to be inside the 18, but it's a different style. And I do have concerns about this Croatian side if Argentina gets off to a bright start. I think that'll be the key that the Argentines are looking for right now. They'll know if they can put this game to bed early, if they can get up a, a consistent lead, then maybe Croatia starts to get a little rattled. I know we talked about them being a team in Croatia that don't know how to let go and they're very good at fighting back and, you know, comfortable with being in trailing positions. They've come back consistently in games, but there is a point where that mountain maybe gets too steep to climb, particularly when you haven't been as um, productive in front of goal as Croatia would probably like to be. If Argentina gets up 2-0, that mountain's too steep. That's the problem for Croatia, is they can't let things get away from them early. One, they've played more minutes than any team in the tournament. When you factor in injury time, stoppage time, extra time, all the extra minutes that have added up in this tournament, Croatia's played more than anybody else. Argentina's second, but Croatia's played more minutes than them. Attacking-wise, remember, Croatia scored four against Canada. They've only scored twice in their other four games. And yeah, the goal against Canada Brazil needed a little bit of help. <laughs> Let's leave that Canada one out of it. They had a little bit of extra motivation in that game to make sure they were scoring goals. Luckily, uh, Scaloni has not said anything like John Herdman did. Um, a little more intelligent about how to, to feed the media. Um, not giving anything like that. Uh, Croatia, just a couple more things to, to put a bow on this in the way that they're going to play. Mention they want to get the ball wide. Only Mexico has attempted more open play crosses per 90 minutes than Croatia in, in this tournament. And France and South Korea are the only ones that have created more chances from crosses in the tournament. They're going to play wide. You look at the game against Brazil, only about 19% of their attacking half touches were in the middle of the field. The other 81 plus percent were in wide positions. That's so crazy. Argentina in their last one, 34.4% of their touches in the attacking half were central. It's almost split between left, right, middle. It's a little more balanced. Croatia, not balanced. Not balanced at all. Um, you mentioned the goalkeeper, Livakovic. We know what he did in the penalty shootout last time. We know what Emiliano Martinez did in the penalty shootout. These might be the two best we've seen ever potentially going into a penalty shootout in a World Cup semifinal. Which one do you give the edge to? Oh, it's hard because everybody knows that Dibu Martinez owns my heart a little bit. Dibu. I think in the penalty shootout, he's got just a different technique. I think that his... <laughs> it's called uh, insanity. Gamesmanship, his insanity, his overconfidence, his wild celebrations get in players' heads, right? Nobody wants to have their penalties saved by Martinez because they don't want to be danced in front of. I'll call it dancing loosely. I think it may be something else, but we'll call it dancing for radio yeah. Um, So I think that gets into people's heads. But at what point does it come against him who knows you know there's a point where overconfidence can come back to bite you on the behind and hopefully for argentina that's not the case eight of croatia's last nine tournament knockout stage matches have gone to extra time four of their last six at world cup finals knockout games have gone to penalties they've done really well in them they've won all four of those Penalty shootouts in World Cup tournaments and knockout games. Knocked out Japan and Brazil in the last 16 and the quarterfinals this time around. The only problem with that mentality, if it's, yeah, we'll just take it to penalties. We've won four. We're good. 
the team they're playing, Argentina, has won five penalty shootouts in the World Cup in history. And if you go back to 1990, they rode penalty shootouts. And Sergio Goicochea, who is the only goalkeeper to save as many penalties in shootouts as Livakovic in this, this, this tournament. Goicochea did it in 1990. Argentina's won five penalty shootouts in World Cup history. I don't want this to go to penalties, Jess. I really, really don't because I might be sitting in the corner with my hands over my eyes by the time we get to that stage tomorrow. Uh, I'm a little envious of these penalty shootout records as an English fan. I'm not going to lie. That's, uh, <laughs> that seems rather lovely, honestly. There might be one where we see goalkeepers taking penalties based on the fact that um, both these teams look quite confident from 12 yards out. What would you think Emmy Martinez does celebrating if he scores the winning penalty? Uh, he he might get in trouble. They, they might have to slap the uh, NSFW up on the screen if, <laughs> if Emmy Martinez hits the winning shootout penalty. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm afraid this is going to go a long way tomorrow. I hope not. I think if if Argentina gets off to a good start, they'll be fine. I don't think Croatia can come back like the Dutch did. If it's scoreless at halftime, I'm just going to go ahead and buckle up and be ready to go for an extra 30 minutes because I'm afraid that's what we're going to see. We'll talk about the juice boxes for this match. We'll, we'll look ahead a little bit to Morocco and France in Wednesday's semifinal, and we'll come back to the latest drama, high school drama. feels like a high school lunchroom for the U.S. national team talking about Gio Reyna and Greg Berhalter. All of that coming up in five minutes on Atlanta Soccer tonight on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. with more of our look at all of today's matches on Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Let's go! On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Final segment, Atlanta Soccer Tonight, back on 92.9, The Game and the Odyssey app. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 p.m. after Doc Sock, John Chuckery. No Jess tomorrow, though. She is in transit back across the pond, eh? I'm going home. The World Cup isn't, right? i got to get that joke out before anyone else makes it. I wasn't going to do it. I thought about it. I, I was really thinking about it, but I wasn't going to do that. I appreciate it. I appreciate the respect. <laughs> <laughs> that would have just I can laugh at myself that. only, I think. Yeah, that one's okay. You, you can do, you can hit yourself with that joke. That's fine. I couldn't do that. That'd be too mean. Um, but no Jess tomorrow night, but you will be back uh, in a very weird time slot for you uh, for the rest of our run here following up on the World Cup. What time is it going to be generally for you? Uh, you know, 3.30, 4 a.m. maybe. So if there's any hot, hot takes, it's because I have literally been asleep the whole night before I get up to, to talk to you. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be some craziness as we finish up this World Cup with uh, shows the rest of the week. We will be back for just for a, a quick run for the week. We will be live tomorrow. 11 will be live on Wednesday after France, Morocco. We're going to talk about that game here in just a minute. We will then take Thursday off. We'll be back on Friday to kind of start the final preview. We'll talk about the third place game a little bit. But it'll really be talking about the final will be on Saturday as well. And then Sunday night after NFL football, we will break everything down from the World Cup final. And next week, Monday, we'll have our kind of tournament wrap up podcast on the Off the Woodwork podcast. Uh, make sure you are subscribed if you want to listen to the show on demand, hear any of our other bonus interviews, but also that kind of our best 11, our Golden Glove winner, our Golden Ball winner. We'll take issue with some of the, the awards that they give out. We'll give you mm -hmm. our, our own. We'll try to have some some fun superlatives for you as well, but that'll be coming up next Monday. 
So we've talked about juice boxes throughout the tournament, and FanDuel Sportsbook is usually our source. For the game tomorrow, Argentina is a clear favorite, not an overwhelming favorite, but a clear favorite, minus 270 to win and advance. Croatia plus 210 to win and advance. That's purely to advance. That feels about right. I, I don't I don't feel like that's out of order with those numbers. No, I think it's perfectly fine, honestly. When you look at the difference between the two sides, you on paper would think Argentina should win this one. If Argentina don't win, there's going to be a lot of very disappointed people because I think that when you match them up, that's the expected result. But I think yeah. it's going to be really close. I think it will be too. Um, if you're buying into Lionel Messi getting a goal and he's trying to do something that it's really hard to do. Not many people have pulled this off, both score and assist in the same match. He's done it twice in this tournament against Mexico and against the Dutch. He did it in a previous tournament as well. Since 1966, since they started tracking assists, nobody has done that in four games. You think he's going to get a goal and an assist in this one? You think he's going to get a goal plus 145? He's the biggest favorite to score a goal. If you're buying into uh, Lautaro Martinez and his comeback after winning the the penalty shootout with his final final kick, he's a plus 240 to score. If you're buying into our talk about Ivan Perisic, he is a plus 550 to score for Croatia. I don't know. Messi getting a goal, it does kind of feel right in this one. It feels right, but if you'd watched that 2018 game, as we talked about, Croatia seemed to understand how to put Messi in their pocket. So hopefully he has improved his evasion of the Croatians if he's going to get a goal for Argentina. Mm -hmm. If you think it's going to go to extra time and Argentina wins, plus 850. If you think it's going to go to extra time and Croatia wins, plus 1900. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, that one's a little big. Um, but I'm a little surprised by this, that the numbers are so large for penalties. Like, they haven't been following these teams and their penalty history. If you think Argentina's going to win in a shootout, plus 900. If you think Croatia's going to win in a shootout, plus 1,000. Hmm. I don't know. If you've got some spare juice boxes... Uh, yeah, whichever one you think is going to win in penalties, that feels like a very possible scenario for the way this thing goes tomorrow. I can't help but agree. I think the extra time. I, I just I just see this being 120 minutes of soccer, Jason. I don't see it being over by uh, 4 p.m. tomorrow, unfortunately, for your heart. I don't either. I'm, I'm afraid. I'm very, very afraid. Um, I think Argentina is going to get through. I think they're going to do it in regulation. I'm, I'm afraid, but I think they will. I, I, I just, I think they've got enough to be able to, to deal and neutralize Croatia in the middle of the park. I think they've got some ways that they can free Messi up that maybe they didn't have under Jorge Sampaoli. And I do think Angel Di Maria ends up playing a very important role in this one. He's had a good, good tournament. He's been very productive in creating chances, in creating shots. And I think if you have him maybe taking some of that heat off of Messi, I do think Argentina wins 2-1 in regulation. I was going to say, the two goal is the magic number in that result, Jason. I think yeah. if Argentina scores two, Croatia... For me, based on how I've watched them in the previous games, they just don't have enough to score two goals against an opponent like Argentina. I think they pull one back because it's Argentina and we have to suffer. So I, I think it will be like two in the first half. Croatia fights back and gets one, and we have insanity at the end. And Including the Argentina. crossbar hit. Croatia will hit the crossbar oh, in the 89th minute, and no. Jason might puke a little bit. I will throw up in my mouth. Absolutely. If they hit the crossbar in the 89th minute when it's 2-1, I, I will. It'll be very bad. Um, I don't need that, Jess. I don't need that in my life. Please don't make that happen. <sighs> I'm scared now. Uh, we will see where this thing goes. But again, we'll be I'll be watching over at uh, Elsewhere Brewing in Grant Park, hanging out with the Flood Project. Uh, should be a fun one. We're going to do a little bit of a pregame show as well. Great food, great beers. 
So hopefully we will see you there. Be back talking on 92.9 the game tomorrow evening about it. But we'll also be getting ready for France-Morocco coming up on Wednesday. Now, on the French side of things, maybe a little bit of worry because Chouameni and Upamecano both missed France training on Monday. They were both very important in getting past England. Chouameni with that wonderful opening goal. They're both injury doubts potentially for Wednesday. That's France has people that can come in for them, but I mean, how many times can France go to the bench and get the same results? No, that's a huge sacrifice if they're not able to make it. I'm sure the French fans are hoping that it's precautionary and maybe just getting a little bit of rest and sitting aside, but you don't want to miss practice when you're coming up to the most important game of your World Cup so far. You want to be in, you want to be building chemistry, you want to be getting reps. So that is a huge concern. And like you say, Jason, this is a side that's been riddled and riddled with injuries. And we talk about squad depth and you can't really afford any more thinning if, if you're French. No, and Chouamani is the one who really feels oh, essential that goal. here. Oh, that goal. If it had been for anyone else, if it hadn't been against England, I wouldn't be so upset about it. It was beautiful, wasn't it? That was a great finish. Absolutely great, great finish. Uh, Rafael Varane, not 100%. Did speak to the media today. Um, talked about how he feels like this French team has enough experience to avoid falling into that overconfident trap in facing a team that's going to be a huge underdog in Morocco. Um, we know the crowd is going to be for Morocco. They have been throughout the tournament, and we just heard today that Moroccan authorities have put on 30 extra flights out to Doha. Wow. As fans travel in even larger numbers for this game with France. It will be a Morocco home game on Wednesday. Yeah, their fans are incredible. I can't get over how amazing the Moroccan fans have been at creating an environment and we talk about the 12th man in sports, right? And how much of a difference that can make. And when you play the way Morocco plays in an exhausting defensive unit, those fans make the world of difference to give you more feeling in your legs when your legs are numb. When you feel like you can't run anymore and your crowd tells you, yes, you can, suddenly you find a burst of energy out of somewhere. And I think that if Morocco's to do the absolute insane and pick up a victory because let's be honest it would be insanity it would be it would incredible be. but it would be insanity they are going to need every little advantage they can get and a huge advantage comes from that home feeling environment Sofian Amrabat their number four the the holding midfielder um who is turning a lot of heads in this tournament he's probably going to crank the hyperbaric chamber up this week to about mm. minus 180 maybe 190 uh, really be ready to go for this one because he's probably got to recover from all the running he's been doing, and he's going to need every ounce to beat the defending champs in France. Well, we'll preview that one in detail tomorrow. Uh, said we'd come back to the uh, U.S. soccer lunchroom situation with Gio Reyna and Greg Berhalter. Uh, Jess, this, I mean, look, I, I guess – U.S. soccer coverage and media and conversation is all kind of growing up in front of our eyes. And and we're still in the high school stage because this feels very mm -hmm. high school. Reina reacted badly to being told that he would not play a significant role in the tournament. I'm assuming that was because Tim Weah started at right wing instead of Reina. Reina then reacted badly, gave very little effort in the, the last scrimmage before the tournament to the point that it became an issue within the group. Now, depending on who you talk to would be how much of an issue it was and for who it was, because some have said that players wanted Raina to play in the tournament. Some have said that they didn't want Raina to play in the tournament, that they were to, almost to the point of sending him home. We don't know where the truth is, but I, I feel like Raina looks more bad here than Burhalter for talking about it. I don't know if it helps Burhalter in the long run, but... Gio Reyna, I've got some questions about his reaction to being told he's not going to start. Yeah, you're a professional soccer player. You're not a child, right? And you're having the opportunity to still be a part of a squad at a World Cup. That is a dream come true for any kid in the world that loves this game, right? And for you to still have the opportunity to be part 
of a team, training, practicing, knowing that even if you're not going to have a significant role in the team, you're still part of the squad. To then go and not make an effort in a game, it is unbelievable to, to me that you would throw away that opportunity. And you would think it was okay. I can't imagine how you could take it in any other way than motivating you to be the best that you possibly could be in practice to be the best possible teammate. And it seems that he did a full 180 and decided that he was just going to pout around and feel sorry for himself for not playing. And to me, it's very immature of a player that should know better. I get it. He's young, 20 or whatever. But at the end of the day, he's a longtime pro and he's been around this game for a long time. You, you just got to be better. I'm sorry. There's no forgiving for that for me. Yeah, there's not for me either. It's I think the the plot has been lost in the reaction to this. And and look, if people didn't like Greg Berhalter, then this is just going to reinforce because he talked about an unnamed player who was obviously Gio Reyna. You could connect the dots pretty easily, but he talked about it somewhere where he wasn't supposed to be public, but it became public. If you don't like Berhalter, you're going to be mad about that. But here's the comparison I'll give you. And it's a player we've talked about a lot in this tournament as we wrap up Atlanta soccer tonight. Enzo Fernandez, who needs to play a key role for Argentina tomorrow. Enzo Fernandez did not start the first game for Argentina. Enzo Fernandez was a player that we talked about on the preview podcast that he could be the breakout star of this tournament. He didn't start. He came off the bench. 59th mm -hmm. minute of game one where they were losing to Saudi Arabia. What has he done since? Been one of the best young players in the tournament because he didn't let pout. the not start he didn't pout he didn't, he didn't <laughs> fall off he didn't sit there and 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 sulk he played and he worked and he earned the time Enzo Fernandez did it Enzo Fernandez plays at Benfica Gio Reyna didn't do it Gio Reyna plays at Borussia Dortmund similar size club you might say bigger club the problem is the reaction to not starting you can say whatever you want about Burhalter. I don't think this changes anything. I'd like to see the U.S. move in a different direction because I think it would make them better in the long run. But Gio Reyna, I got to see him act differently at club level before I'm calling him back into the national team because there's no forgiving not putting forth the right amount of effort in the buildup to a World Cup. A World Cup only comes around once every four years. Some of and these guys aren't going to get another one. Not even that all the time. I just think that there yep. just seems to be this level of privilege. And I just hate that it wasn't enough of a privilege just to be part of the squad and wear that jersey. Yeah. You know, that, that's I, my frustration with the whole thing. Besides all the he said, she said, whatever. And I hear this and I hear that. Stop. Stop. You can't react that way if you're a professional. It's very disappointing that one of the brightest talents for the U.S., acted that way because he wasn't going to start at a world cup. Yeah. He wasn't going to have a big role to start with because he wasn't going to start the first game. You never know what's going to happen. You don't come into it that way. That's the issue with the story. And I hope that doesn't get lost because of people's feelings and narratives about Greg Perhalter. That wraps us up for Atlanta soccer tonight, Argentina, Croatia tomorrow, two o'clock. I will be screaming, suffering, hopefully happy and cheering by the end of it, but I don't know for sure. Be back talking about it at 11 p.m. tomorrow night on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Thanks for hanging out with us. Adios, everybody. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.